Uh, I love that song, in the name of Jesus. He is truly the reason why we're here today, and, and we are full-blown into the Christmas season. If you don't know that, then um, there's a problem. Uh, Santa Claus came to town last night in Athens, and I didn't go. I was watching Georgia get beat. And they proved to me one thing. They are a mediocre team just like Michigan and Michigan State. I figured I'd just hit everybody at one time with that. And don't, don't, you know, don't fret. I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for a mediocre hit team too. So, I mean, uh, and so I didn't see if the Christmas tree got lit. Last year I went and it didn't get lit. It, we went out there and just saw the tree and then saw Santa. But we are in the Christmas season. What I want to do is I want to talk about um, uh, an aspect of Christmas this season that you know, we kind of hit on sometimes, um, but I want to do a little bit something different with it. And, I'm, and the series is called King, and what I want to do is focus on, with this series, the three gifts that the wise men brought, the magi brought. And, and so, because they brought these gifts, they all do represent something about Jesus Christ, an aspect of him. Um, whether it was coincidental for them to bring them that way, whether it was God-ordained, whether it was they knew what they were doing when they brought these gifts, we don't know, but I do know they all represent aspects of who God was or who Jesus Christ was and, and when he came. And so we're going to look at that. We want to look at those things this, this uh, season that we um, come to. And our verse that I want us to read, we're going to look at, is Matthew 2, 1 to 15. So you could look there, for, go ahead and turn there. But I have a video that I want us to watch. And, and really, it is about this season. Because we can get focused on a lot of things. We can get focused on gifts under a tree, paying for the gifts under the tree, we can focus on, you know, different aspects that keep us busy this season. But there is a real reason why we're here for the season. You know, everything we have is a gift from God. And, and nothing more important is a gift of Jesus Christ. And so we're going to look at that in Matthew 2, 1 to 15. If you've got your Bibles, we will look at that. And um, i got to turn mine there. And bookmark the wrong passage. Matthew 2, 1 to 15. It's right here. A couple more chapters. All right, so he says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the city of King Herod, wise men in, from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw a star at its rising and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he, deeply, he was deeply disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. So he assembled all the chief priests and scribes of the people and asked them where the Christ would be born. In Bethlehem of Judea, they told him, because that is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. 
And then Herod secretly summoned the wise men and asked them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, report back to me so I too can come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went on their way, and there it was, the star they had seen at its rising. It led them until it came and stopped above the place where the child was. Where they saw the star, they were overwhelmed with joy. Entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and falling to their knees, they worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented to him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and being warned in, a, warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they'd return to their own country. And then verse 13 to 15, it says, after they were gone, an angel, to the Lord, a, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, get up and take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt, and stay there till I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to kill him. So he got up and he took the child and his mother during the night, and they escaped to Egypt, and he stayed there until Herod's death. So that was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, so uh, might be fulfilled out of Egypt. I called my son. Let us pray. Your Heavenly Father, thank you for the words that we have here this morning of, of these wise men coming to pay homage to your son, Jesus Christ. And this scene that we have and the gifts that they brought. We ask that you will be with us over the next few moments as we see the importance of all these events. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So let's set some truth straight. Um, who were these wise men? Who were they? Well, unlike the carol, they were not kings. They were not three kings from the Orient. So we can slash that one off our singing list. No, you can still sing it. Who were they? They were more than likely, uh, the reason why they called them magi is they were magicians. They were priests of a foreign country. Probably Babylon, probably around that area, Persia, Babylon, somewhere around there, because the reason why is there were Jews still over in that area they would have learned about the prophecy of the coming Messiah. They also would have known from these Jews about some of the signs that would be presented. And one of those signs, and I'll read it for you, is in Numbers 24, 17. It's, the, um, it's a prophet from, from, um, that, that um, Balaam had given. And it says, I see him, but not now. I perceive him, but not near. And a star will come from Jacob... And a scepter will arise from Israel. And it says he will smash the foreheads of Moab and strike down all the uh, Shiites, uh, uh, the Shethites. But the, 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 the part of it was that a star will rise. And so they were looking for a star coming out of that was going to rise. They, had, they were astronomers. They were prepared. They were looking. They had been looking. And they had a star appear to them. And so they set out on a journey. Once that star was shown to them, they set out on a journey. They set out to find this young Messiah that the Jews had told them about, that they had known about. And they were bringing these gifts. Now, how many of these magis were there? Well, we think three because of the gifts. Nobody knows. 
There could have been many as 12 to 13 of them. No one knows how many there were. It's the gifts that were significant. How long did it take? Well, we don't know that either, but we do know from the point of Herod, he asked them, when did you see the star? And from what Herod did, he killed every child under two years old. Good. So we've, we, we can deduce that it probably was within two years of when Jesus was born. And the travel for them, since they were coming, would have taken about three months to get there. So I'm, just, I'm, I'm giving all this background information to try to fill in what the Christmas scene would have really been like. The, the wise men were not sitting there when the shepherds came. So when you see the nativity scenes, you know, the wise men weren't there actually at the birth. They were there later, some, you know, anywhere from three to two years later. But, but what is important is what they brought. And the first thing that I see when I look at all this is, is that God gave the gift. These wise men brought gifts but it was God that gave the gift. And, and so what I want to look at here is just look at the gift that God gave. He gave the promise of Christ, the coming king. And here, here it is in Isaiah 7, 14. It says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. See, the virgin will conceive, have a son, and name him Emmanuel, which is God with us. Now, this is a dual prophecy, I believe. I believe that there was a king that had lived that, that they're using this as, and she would have been a woman that is in her childbearing, or, or in her childbearing years, but yet maybe somewhat um, not quite a virgin like you would expect, but there's dual meanings for that word. But I believe this is a dual prophecy, one of one that was taking place in Isaiah's time, that was about to happen, and then one, the future reference of Jesus Christ, because the coincidences are too great for it to not to be a dual prophecy. But, but he points out that he himself is going to bring a sign of the coming king, and the sign was Mary. She was a virgin that was going to be conceived, that, that had not known any man, and that she was going to have this child the Son of God, Jesus Christ. And, and, and so he was the gift of a king. He was the promised gift. Christ is also presented as a gift of eternal life. Uh, John 4.10, Jesus says this. He says to the woman, and he, and he proves that he's the gift. He says to the woman at the well, he said, if you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, give me a drink, you would ask him, and he would have given you living water. So Jesus Christ himself is saying, I'm the gift from God to you. So you see that Jesus Christ was the gift. He's the gift of the king. And so all I want to do is get into the gold, <coughs> the first gift. And so if Jesus Christ is the gift of, a, of the king, God, he is our gift, what does the gifts mean. And the first gift that we're going to talk about is gold. So let me see the next slide here. The gift of the king, in Matthew 2, 11, it says this. The gift to the king from the Magi's was gold. It says, entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, 
his mother, and falling to their knees, they saw and worshipped him. And they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts. And the first gift that we're going to look at today is gold. Now, why was gold so important in this giving of gifts? Well, gold is significant. You just didn't give anybody gold. Gold was like this universal um, treasure that you could use to buy and trade and do things with. It was a gift that was pretty much reserved for a king. By them coming with this piece of gold to give to him, they were saying, you are king. You are a king. Now, now, when you look in the Old Testament, you see this happen many times. How many of you guys remember, know who Solomon is? Raise your hands. If you don't know who he is, I'll explain to you. Solomon was the king of Israel. He was David's son. He ruled Israel. And many times people would bring to him gifts. Uh, queen of Sheba brought him a gift. And, and in those gifts were gold because he's a king. So they would bring these gold gifts to the king. And Solomon was wealthy, not just because of all the ways he knew to handle money, but because of the gifts people brought to him. It says that, you know, his gold was so vast that they made shields out of gold. They made bricks out of gold. So when you walked around in, in Jerusalem, there were bricks of gold that you would walk on. I mean, now that is ridiculously wealthy. But it's all because of gold and the value it has and what it represents. And it was the gift of a king. It was the gift you would give a king. And so these magi, as they come, they bring to him this gold. Because it was a customary to approach the king with a gift. Matthew 27, 25, Jesus tells us. Two places he's going to tell us he's king. This one was the, um, and it's not Jesus, but it is him being mocked. It says, 27, 29, it says, They twisted together a crown of thorns, put it on his head, and placed a staff at his right hand. And they knelt down before him and mocked him, and they said, Hail, King of the Jews. They were mocking him. The, 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 the soldiers were mocking who Jesus was. But he was really the King of the Jews. In a mocking way, they were doing it. But Jesus acknowledged he was King of the Jews. He said, It is who you say I am. I am King of the Jews. But he, he says that because he really is King, not just of the Jews but of everyone. He is King Jesus. He is the coming king, the promised king. Now, now there's something else that Jesus says in Revelation. Revelation 19, 16, if we can look at that slide. Not only was he the king of the Jews, the mocking king, but he is undeniably the king that is. He says in 1916 in Revelation, and he has a name written on his robe and on his thigh, and it is King of Kings, and Lord of Lords. Thank you for correcting that. <laughs> I'm watching it, and it said Lorns at first, and I'm thinking, no, it's Lords. So, so Jesus, throughout the Bible, is a king. He's presented mockingly as a king. He presents himself as king in Revelation. And what better gift to give a king than gold? So when you think about the gifts that these guys gave, and you think about the gold, think about Jesus as being the king of 
the earth, the king of all of us. You know, we are subjects to a king. You're like, well, I live in America. I, I, I'm not subject to a king. I have a, we have a president. We have people that make laws. Make no mistake about it. We are living beings. Whoa. We are living beings, and we are subject to a king, and his name is Jesus Christ. And it says in the Bible that every knee will bow before him. Willingly or unwillingly, they're all going to bow before a king, King Jesus. He is the promised king in the past of the Old Testament. He is the king, and he's the future king of all creation. And you know what? You live in his kingdom. Every single thing on this earth is his and his alone. It, it tells us that he owns the cattle on a thousand hill. It says that this whole earth is his and his to destroy or his to create, his to do with whatever he wants. So make no mistake about it. When he came and was born of a virgin, he was the king. He was the promised king. And so knowing all this, knowing all this about him, what am I giving to him? You know, the Magi brought this one piece of gold, or, or, or a lot of gold. We don't know how much. And they did that because they know he's king. What are you giving to him to show that he's king? I have a brief video I want to watch, and then I'll come back up here. My mic's not working, so I need a mic stand. So you will work. You're an average, average Joe here that will work for the mic stand. No. And I need somebody to hold this. Because, and, and all right, so just hold it right there. All right, don't hit me. All right, so when I think about the gifts and I think about us, I think about what can we give God that he needs? Or, or, or deserves. And, you know, gold and all that. You might not have gold. You might not have frankincense. You might not have myrrh unless you're growing all that stuff. And up here they grow a lot of different stuff. Um, but what God really wants is you. He wants your heart. That's more valuable than gold. You know, see, we can have an empty life like that. Like this. But inside that empty life are gifts that we can bring the king. We can bring gold. No, it's not. We can bring some, our heart and we can bring our life. You see, you're really not empty. You have a lot to give. And just like these three wise men brought gold, God wants you. He wants you to bring the gift of you this Christmas. And we're going to be looking at the other gifts in the following weeks. But gold is the gift of a king. And service to that king is our gift. 
Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for the gift that he gave, the gold that was brought to him to signify that he is the coming king, that he was the coming king, and that he is the future king of this earth, that he is the king of this earth currently, and that one day every knee will bow and understand what it was all about when he came over 2,000 years ago. We ask and pray that you'll be with hearts right now and be with us as we go into the next few moments of surrendering our lives through um, prayer and dedication or coming forward to pray or going back to the prayer room to have prayer given for us. So in your name we pray. Amen. Now we're going to open up these altars and you can come forward and pray here. We also have a prayer room in the back. Dan, yes, you can go down. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. There we have a... <laughs> yes. Sarah said he's good for that. So there's a prayer room in the back that if you don't, you don't want to come up here and pray, but God's been working on your heart, you can go in the back and pray in the prayer room. We have it open right off the first door in the hallway. So as God is leading you, you do what you feel. And I'll be right here. If you have never given your life to Christ and you want to give it to him this holiday season, let me help you do that.